Hey everyone, Lainey here, and I am so grateful for your patience. I just had to take a break with all the stuff going on in the world, and I hope you enjoyed the Roz Dress for Less interview that we did. Now, I'm so ready to get back to business and share these spooky tales with you. And the exciting part is we now have a Patreon. I'm not sure if I mentioned it in the last show. We also have a YouTube channel, and we now are on Get Vocal so that we can start hosting live streams, and maybe you can even come on and share your story. Okay, ready to get spooked? Our first story comes from It's Wednesday, My Dudes, who is seeking answers from their very odd experience. To start out, I want to make it clear that I've always been able to see, feel, and hear supernatural things, so this wasn't my very first experience, but it was definitely my most terrifying. Also, I don't expect everyone to believe me, but I'm going to make this as detailed as possible, so hopefully someone can tell me what was tormenting me for six months of my life. I grew up Catholic. CCD confirmed the whole nine, but hated every aspect of it as I'm a very liberal person and none of it coincided with my beliefs. I left the Catholic Church when I was about 16 and became somewhat of an atheist. Until this happened. So I was 17 and I had started to feel super uncomfortable in my house, as if something was watching me. I could feel that there was something there but brushed it off as those things tend to come and go in my house. This wasn't one of those times. The first time I started to suspect that something maybe more sinister was happening was when I had a dream. I know, I know, dreams are from your subconscious fears, but I've always had somewhat prophetic dreams that pretty much tell me what's going to happen the next day. This was completely different. In this dream, I was holding a little girl's hand who felt like a sister to me. We were walking throughout a shopping mall when she let go of my hand and began to run. I chased after her into this alleyway which led to a large warehouse. Inside was an occult circle with women in white sitting crisscross around a pentagram drawn on the floor with multiple candles surrounding it. To make matters worse, she was standing in the middle of it. Terrified, I tried to run into the circle to grab her and get her out, but as soon as I stepped on the pentagram, my foot sizzled and literally felt like it was on fire. I screamed and fell backward, closing my eyes for a second, and when I opened them, the girl was completely gone. I began to run around searching for her everywhere. When I ended up in the sunroom of my house, standing in front of my ex-boyfriend, who I still loved very much at the time, he looked at me and held out his hand and said, Come with me. I can take you to her. I looked to my left and there was a boy there who I have genuinely never seen in my life. And he shook his head no at me. I looked at my ex and said, You aren't Alex. Get out of my head. 
and his face melted off as there was booming laughter that literally shook the sunroom. The same deep voice that seemingly came from nowhere and laughed, it said, You will never find her. And suddenly, I was out of the room. The next part of my dream I can't remember so well, but I know there was a battle between good and evil. And then I woke up in a cold sweat and shaking. I went to get out of bed and winced. My foot was literally bright fucking red and felt like it was on fire. By then, I was terrified but hoped that the battle at the end of my dream had gotten rid of whatever it was that was tormenting me. And, oh boy, was I wrong. My depression began to worsen, and it felt like the energy was being sucked out of me. I started to have violent thoughts, to the point that I imagined murdering my entire family, which is absolutely unlike me. Then I had sleep paralysis, I want to state that I have never had sleep paralysis before or since then, and I can explain why I know I wasn't hallucinating. I woke up at 3.33 a.m. and couldn't move. I could see my alarm clock, but barely anything else as it was pitch black except for the light that came from the numbers on my alarm clock. In the corner of my room was a figure just standing there staring, and then... The voices started. I knew I was experiencing sleep paralysis because I had read about it before, so I closed my eyes and repeated, It's just a dream, over and over and over again. Then I heard a noise from the foot of my bed. I opened my eyes and watched green, grotesque hands with long, sharp black nails reach up from underneath my bed and grab my feet, once again searing them with pain. I immediately passed out. When I woke up the next morning, I was like, holy fuck, that was a terrifying dream, and went downstairs to grab some food and chat with my mom. She looked down after dropping a fork and goes, um, what happened to your feet? I shit you not. There were four bright red finger marks on the tops of my feet. I looked at her and said, Mom, I think there's something in this house. And she went pale. So I was like, uh, what? And she told me that my seven-year-old brother had told her, Mommy, something keeps shaking me and pulling me out of bed at night, the day before. Needless to say, I was fucking terrified. As I said before, I had left the church and taken somewhat of a sabbatical from believing in any sort of religion, but I decided it was time to pray. I sat on my bed and genuinely prayed for the first time in my life, calling on Archangel Michael to please get rid of whatever was tormenting my family and I. Suddenly, I felt my chest fill with warmth and heard what sounded like a distant screech and immediately started sobbing and saw pretty shimmering lights. After that, the horrible feelings and negative being in my house were gone. Three years later, and it still scares the shit out of me to think about. I found faith, but not in any uniform religion, because I have my own set of weird-ass beliefs. But I've called upon Michael only twice since then, and every time I get the warmth in my chest and see the pretty lights.
wow, incredible. And I don't blame you for finding something that would bring you comfort when something so scary happens. If you heard the Roz Dress for Less episode, then you know that even though I'm not very religious myself, I still know how to protect myself against things with evil intentions. Now, our next story comes from King Azul, who shares a story about how seeing truly is believing. We are Lebanese and we live abroad. A couple of years ago, we visited Lebanon for vacation. We went to a friend's house, which is located on top of the edge of a valley in the southern part of Lebanon. The valley is completely dark at night, and we were all sitting on the balcony, enjoying the nice breeze and good company. We were talking, and I remarked how creepy the valley is at night. Turns out our friend has a story, and the valley has secrets. My friend's grandparents were farmers and frequently went for walks in the valley for some shade during the day. One time, his grandmother was trailing behind his grandfather and she heard a rustling behind her. She turned around and she saw a massive black dog. But something about it was giving her bad vibes. She shouted to her husband to look at the dog, but he kept walking, didn't turn back and told her to do the same. He told her if she ever saw this dog in the valley and she was alone, to never look at it or interact with it. The dog left after a while and he told her that this dog is not actually a dog, but something else that guards the valley. It is not friendly and wants people away from there. The valley is huge. A man from the village had entered it years ago and he found the opening of a cave. This was during the 50s or 60s. If you're not familiar with Lebanon, it's full of underground caves, grottos, and valleys. It's mountainous, and they still find artifacts of ancient civilizations still today. Now, the cave was in plain sight. The guy had never seen it before, and suddenly there it was, open and inviting. So the man enters the cave, and he is met by a sight that makes him freeze. As far as the eye could see, there was gold and various treasures, long vases, incense holders, the works. What really stood out were the massive gold and bronze statues of upright bulls with horns, a deity perhaps. Lebanon is part of the land of the ancient Canaanites who worshipped Moloch, symbolized by a bull and Baal among many other gods. So the man, understandably shocked, excited, and thinking he found the treasure of the century, runs out of the cave and into the village to lead everyone to what he saw. A group of men followed him and he took them to the place where the cave was. Now the entire village had been in the valley at some point. Nobody ever saw a cave. But the guy was adamant that he had found riches that everyone had to see. This man was neither insane or drunk. He's a respectable man from the village with a solid reputation and a family. There was nothing. He was met by solid rock. There was no cave, no opening, no gold, no 10-foot bulls, nothing. The guy swore up and down, nearly hysterical that he was there, that he entered it with his own two feet, 
kept insisting that it was there and frantically looked all over, swearing on the Quran that he saw it. But there was nothing, so they couldn't really do anything but leave. If you are familiar with stories of the jinn, they are often summoned for different things. Some like to taunt people, some do them favors for a price. Some of them choose people to uncover hidden treasures and riches forgotten by time. The shaggy black dog that my friend's grandmother saw? That was a jinn. The theories are that either the jinn was protecting the cave or it was playing tricks on the man, or it was all a hoax. But these are solid, hardworking village people. They work to eat, and they don't have time for silly stories and theories, so the valley started to have a reputation. Now, my wife and I laugh and take it all in with a grain of salt. Nice, interesting story, sure. But that's about all we thought it was. At a bit past midnight, we left to make the one and a half hour drive back to Beirut. Before you continue, there is something you need to know. There were no drugs or alcohol at all involved in this story. We are Muslim and we cannot drink alcohol or take mind-altering substances. We are both sound of mind. This is not a joke. I'm driving back down these dark, winding roads with only the car headlights lighting our path. About 20 minutes into the drive, I see something ahead of me. The thing is, I'm driving and this animal is not getting closer to the car despite it walking, supposedly crossing the road. The more I move forward, the more I notice that this thing isn't getting closer. Then I notice the wool or fur, a shaggy, ugly, matted wool hanging down its hind legs and rear as it walked. Its front was covered in darkness. Even though the headlights were on it, I could not see its head or front legs. It was just a big, ugly, black end of a shaggy animal. Imagine a car driving forward and an animal crossing in front of it, except the animal is not moving with the car. It was always like 15 feet away no matter how the road was winding. The car keeps moving and I start to panic a little. What the hell is this thing and how the hell is it not getting closer? Then it sat on its hind legs like a person. I kept driving scared at this point and it still wouldn't move. I couldn't catch up to it. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I thought I was going insane and I tried not to scare my wife but... I was petrified. Then it stood on its hind legs, and I swear to God, it morphed into a human-like figure. Then it disappeared. Nothing but blackness was in front of us. I swear to God. My wife was like, did you see that? And I noticed that both of us had been looking at it in pure shock and trying not to make the other person notice. I didn't say anything while I was looking at it. She saw it. I even asked her to describe what she saw and she repeated what I saw second by second. I am a grown man, but I was scared in a raw, primal way that I had never felt before. We both felt a deep sense of dread and both of us couldn't look out the rearview mirror or even behind us until we were on the highway. We felt that there was something in the car with us until we reached the highway. Whatever it was, it is very serious about that valley. I am convinced it was listening to us that night and that it manifested itself because we clearly did not believe my friend. 
Until this day, we have both never seen anything like it. We told everybody, including the friend we were with. He immediately told us that's the djinn that appears as a black dog. I will never forget what happened. I will always keep repeating the story, no matter what. This happened to me. I saw it clear as day, and so did my wife. We were not under the influence of anything. It was not an animal. It was walking right in front of us, but kept moving at the pace of the car. There's absolutely no reason for us to lie. I'm going to pause the spooky tales so you can hear a word from our sponsors. Wow, King Azul, what an incredible story. These types are so scary because you think you're just hearing a folktale and then all of a sudden you're in the folktale. Your story is a prime example of why I do not drive very late at night, especially in the country. There is no way good things can come from that. Now, Estefania brings three stories that were experienced in her father's home. Ever since I can remember, there's this kind of energy around my dad's house. The feeling of being watched or not being alone is a regular one. Everyone who lives there can feel it, but have learned to somehow accept it or at least ignore it. There are tons of stories from guests and households, including closing doors, objects moving, and strange noises. I have compiled three personal stories. When I was about 13, my grandfather died. In the following months, once a day, I felt as if someone entered my room, checked everything around, and left. It's difficult to explain, but I always told myself it was my granddad making sure that I was all right, and he gave me peace of mind. That was the only good paranormal experience I've had there. Now, sleep paralysis. I know, it's not a story per se, but the only times I've had it had been at his house and in my already deceased grandfather's bedroom. Fast forward to when I was around 21. I visited my dad and stayed in the guest room since my old room was turned into a studio. This room has the bed against the wall that separates it from the hall, so I could hear everything that happened there. Sometime in the middle of the night, I started hearing noises like some kind of heavy furniture being moved. I scratched it as just, you know, house noises. Then it got worse. Steps could be heard in the hall, and besides me, the only person in the house was my dad, whose bedroom was next and in the opposite direction from the sound of the footsteps. Next thing I heard was the door handle moving frantically up and down as if someone was trying to open the door. As soon as I turned the lights on, the movement stopped. Now that I was sure I wasn't imagining it, I locked the door and got back to bed with the lights still on. Not even two minutes later, the door handle started to rattle again, but even more violently. I could see these metal plaques that held it together being separated from the door itself. And that's when I started to scream for my dad. 
It took me a good minute to open the door for him when he got there, and I'm not ashamed to say that I took my mattress to his room and slept there. In the morning, my dad and I checked the door handle, and the screws had been loosened from the rattling. A couple of days later, I called my grandmother, who also lives at the house but was away on a trip, to tell her what happened. Turns out, she had experienced the same thing, in the same bedroom, months before. Needless to say, I never slept alone when I visited the following years. I always stayed with my grandma in her room. Listen, I'm not above sleeping in the room with someone else to feel safe. When my house is empty, I pretty much don't sleep. That place needs to be saged like yesterday. So I'm glad you feel comfortable now and safe in your grandmother's room. Now, Red Raven 20 shares a story that creeped them out and even creeped me out from their childhood. My parents divorced when I was seven years old and my mother was left with five children to raise alone. We lived on the brink of homelessness for a few years. My mom applied for housing assistance and we were accepted into public housing. We were all so happy. The house was huge. Four bedrooms, two full baths, a large living room and dining room, and a large kitchen. The house was originally a duplex. I recently found out that these homes were over 100 years old, so we were all happy to have our own rooms. My room was different. The hall in front of my room was always dark and cold. My room was freezing, and every time I put a light bulb in my closet or room, it would immediately flicker out. One day, I was babysitting my siblings. They were on the side of the house writing with pavement chalk, so I went to my room to read my latest Nancy Drew book. As I sat there, I heard someone call my name. It was faint, like someone was yelling my name from a distance. I checked the windows, and no one was there. I thought it was the boys next door playing a trick on me, so I continued to read my book. I again heard someone call my name, this time more forceful. I got up, checked the windows. No one was there. I went outside to check on my siblings, and they were still riding with the chalk and having a good time. I went back to my room and continued to read. Several minutes passed, and then I heard the most terrifying voice. A demonic, vile voice screamed my name, and the voice sounded like it was right close to my face. The voice was so angry that I imagined that whatever it was had to be shaking. The voice was shaky and angry and calling my name. I threw the book down, and me and one of my younger sisters moved everything I owned out of the room the next morning. I want to add that underneath my room was a locked cellar that we were never able to access. That side of the house where my room was located was always dark and cool, even on the hottest days. I was so glad when we finally moved out of that house. I drive by the house from time to time, and it still gives me the creeps. My younger brother was five years old when we lived there, and told me when we were adults that he saw a little person with a loincloth on climb from under the heater in the floor, look at him, 
laugh, then disappear. This bothers me to this day because this thing called my name. I was a troubled, sad teen, and sometimes I think that the evil spirit was trying to entice me to converse with it. I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and maybe a year before this happened, my pastor came to me and said, Tony, if a spirit talks to you, don't answer. I don't know why he said that to me, but I remembered what he said when that entity yelled my name. I purchased a house last year, and it has a little wooden church glued to the wall, and for now, it's going to stay there. I can't even imagine having that kind of experience as a child, but I'm glad you got to leave. I would have noped out of that room too and probably slept with my mom or with my siblings. I was lucky that when we were poor, I always had to share a room with my brother, so I felt safe and protected, which is probably why I hate being alone in my house. Now, the next story from 123321 is something we don't normally cover, which is what I would be considering a cryptid, but it's so unusual and interesting that I really have no clue what it is, so I'm so interested to hear what you think. Basically, I've seen something, well, freaky. And usually it takes quite a bit to scare me, but this has got me shook as I can't explain it. Around two weeks ago, I was on my front doorstep about to bum a zoot. I hadn't smoked weed that day, so it wasn't a hallucination. And I started hearing some spooky noises coming from just behind my back garden. I thought it would just be a cat or something, so I turned on my phone's torch to see what it was. I wish I hadn't looked and just went inside to be honest, because what I saw was, well, scatty. I scanned the back of my garden with the torch and seemingly out of nowhere, two red eyes were just there. I had a massive feeling I was being watched before I even saw the eyes. I just held the light on the eyes because I thought it was just me being delusional, but then I saw the thing blink at me, and when I moved the light a bit to the left or the right, I could see the glare on its eyes shift. These weren't just some animal eyes that were a bit red because of the dark and the torch. No, they were big, completely red with no pupils. I started trying to make noise to scare whatever it was off, but it didn't move. It just stayed dead still, and then after about a minute, I saw it turn around and disappear into the woods. The whole time, I could kind of see its face and body, but it was too dark, so I have no idea what it was, but there was something not very normal about it. Obviously, after seeing what I saw, I was hesitant to go outside at night, but as it's really warm in the south of England at the moment, I leave my windows open at night. It often sounds like there's something directly outside my window or I hear my garden gate open and close. But if it was a person cutting through, they would have to open both gates. But I only ever hear one and nothing has ever gone missing either, which I would expect if someone was trespassing. 
By the end of the week, I just chalked it up to some animal that maybe we aren't supposed to get around here, so I just moved on and forgot. Because of COVID-19, I haven't really been able to see my girlfriend that much, so yesterday night we were having a fire in my garden. We kept hearing weird noises, but again, just assumed it was an animal as I had forgotten about the encounter with the red eyes thing by this point. When the fire had died and we were going to go to bed, I came back downstairs to go have a smoke on my back doorstep. About halfway through my smoke, I heard that same noise that I had heard the first time I saw the eyes. So I instantly started pranging out and turned on my torch again. And there they were again. This time I didn't see them blink once and I was looking at it for a whole two minutes. It had also moved and wasn't in the same place as I saw it last time. It was behind my neighbor's garden, but still looking directly at me. Something really scary dawned upon me at that moment. Where it was standing, there's a massive dip just behind the fence. It seemed to be peeking at me from, and if it could look over it like it was, it would need to be around six feet. I really started to panic at this point, so I decided I'm going to throw something at it to see if it moves or if it's scared of me. Spoiler, it didn't even move. It didn't even seem to jump at something being thrown at it. Around 10 seconds later, the thing just disappeared into the woods again, so I went inside, but didn't lock the door because I was getting a drink and was going to close it after. The door handle started to go down like someone was trying to open it. So I grabbed the closest knife and swung the door open, but there wasn't anything there. I'm convinced, like 99% sure it isn't an animal because in England we don't really have any big animals. And the animals we do have all have greeny, yellowy eyes when light reflects off of them. All of the things I've seen about red eyes have been in countries like Norway or America. And say it's the Mothman, but it obviously isn't that but it also isn't something normal. Yeah, I'm not even going to pretend to know what that was, and the fact that you referenced the Mothman is pretty interesting. After listening to the Generation Wise coverage on that, I became really fascinated with the Mothman, and what I will say is anything is possible. Hopefully it doesn't come back, but maybe sprinkle some salt around your home as a protective barrier. I have no clue, honestly. Our next story comes from Nautical Venom, who has always been attuned to the paranormal, but some things just can't be explained. I live in a small one-story home in the country surrounded by acres of pasture and woodland. Although we have neighbors, we aren't close with them and we hardly have visitors of any kind. To say I haven't experienced anything odd or interesting during my time living here would be a lie. I could write a book with the amount of stories I have involving bizarre creatures I've seen roaming the grassy fields around the pond behind our house late at night. I've been sensitive to the paranormal ever since I was a baby. The experiences run in my family on my mother's side. 
with this being said, I scare easily. I'm a huge baby when it comes to anything out of the ordinary, so I've had to teach myself how to turn it on and off, so to speak. This particular story, however, takes place long before I learned how to do that. Around 10 years ago, my grandmother who lived with us passed away. I was very close to her, so I took the hit hard. Around this time, the paranormal activity in my household began to ramp up. Toys would turn on and off without anyone or anything near them. We would occasionally feel something tap on our shoulders, and my brother who moved into her old room a few months later even distinctly remembers a warm breath on the back of his neck when he was alone in the house. We were all rather calm about it, as we believed it was my grandmother hanging around to help us ease into the transition of life without her. I never felt scared or in danger. That is, until one night. I'm a very light sleeper. I inherited that from my mom as well. The slightest sound of the air conditioner turning on at night, and I was always wide awake. This time, however, I awoke to the sound of the floor creaking outside my bedroom. The way my house is laid out, my room, my aunt's room, and my brother's, formerly my grandmother's room, are all at the far end of the house. One has to walk the entirety of the house from my room through the dining room, kitchen, and living room to get to my parents' bedroom at the opposite end of the house. I looked at the clock and realized it was a little past midnight. No one would be awake at this time. The creaking wasn't uncommon, however. We had a few weak spots in the dining room and kitchen that would creak occasionally, even if no one was stepping there. Just as I was about to fall asleep again, I heard a second creak further into the dining room. Again odd, but not entirely unbelievable. It wasn't until the third creak came just outside the kitchen that I realized it sounded like very slow footsteps, deliberately stepping on every weak place in the floor. I sat up to listen closer. As I did so, I heard three more very distinct creaks coming back to the door of my room. They stopped directly outside my door, then began to pace back in the direction of the kitchen once again. I listened to this repetition for 15 minutes or so, memorizing each of the steps until I was able to predict when and where the next one would sound. It was so bizarre, but even my little 10-year-old brain tried to reason that it was just the house settling or an issue with the air conditioning or something like that. But I said earlier, I scared easily, especially in the dark of night. So I quietly slid out of bed and was planning to make a run for my parents' room. The only problem was that I had to run through the kitchen in order to get there, where the creaking was currently coming from. I steeled my nerves and opened my bedroom door, quietly stepping into the rest of the house. The lights were off, but there was no one in the dining room. Just as I was about to start my wild run to my parents' room, I realized the next predicted step didn't come. Instead, I became aware of a much more terrifying sound. Running. Something was running at me from the kitchen through the dining room. There was no one there, but I could hear it so distinctly. I panicked and ran back into my room, 
the footsteps right behind me. I jumped into bed and covered myself with the blanket and the fast footsteps came all the way into my room and right to my bedside, where they stopped. I didn't hear them again the rest of the night or the following night. In fact, to this day, it's the only night anything in my house ever made that kind of sound, and I still have no explanation for it. All I know is whatever chased me through my home that night, it wasn't the spirit of my kind grandmother. Okay, well, I cannot believe you got up. There's absolutely no way I would have ever gotten up and opened my door. While I was reading it, I kept shaking my head no. You are definitely a braver soul than I, but I think that we have definitely established that many of the stories submitted prove there are so many more brave and brazen people out there than me. Most importantly, I agree with you. It certainly was not the spirit of your grandmother. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me at hauntedpod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help us out. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now, or at hauntedpod.com. Creepy Tune creator for the show is Nico at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. The creepy sound effects you hear in every episode come from Chez at Gray Multimedia. Follow him on Facebook at Gray Multimedia. Until next time. Did you hear that?